Let's give Isaac a warm Rocky Mount welcome. And we are so glad to have you again with us this morning. It is my pleasure this morning. Wow, good morning. My heart is pumping. (laughs) I'm just happy to see you all, to see your bright faces. Along with the sunshine today, just driving here was a bliss, and God was just pouring down the sunlight. The air was a breezy drive, and uh, my heart is already refreshed, and I'm ready to kick and start a whole new week already. But in the, I was just privileged also uh, to be here, to be called here, and to be able to share the word with you. I was hoping for a better occasion than our dear pastor being sick. Uh, you know, I want him to be strong and strengthened. Uh, so I'm in prayer. I know you're all in prayer. And I pray that God will uh, just renew and refresh Jeff and allow him to enjoy all this blessing that God is pouring us today together wherever you might be. Okay, where to begin? I think prayer is in order. Simply because being called in a, such a short prompt you, uh, I just spent whole, all of my yesterday was for you. Uh, all of my yesterday just, uh, just constantly thinking, constantly asking, God, what is it that you want us to know? What is that it's in your heart? And I couldn't get my thought out because I was in the dungeon of my books and uh, I needed to get out. So I went to, uh, what's it called? Devil's Marble Yard. Um, why can't they call it God's Marble Yard? I mean, it was a fantastic place. Climbed about six, seven hours just thinking with God. And uh, today I'm privileged because God just spoke it and laid it in my heart. And today I will just... Uh, transfer that and convey to you best as I know how and I can. But let's pray because it is the Holy, the Holy Spirit who can speak to us, renew us, and let the Word transform us. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly God, Abba, good morning. This is great. The fact that we are not only alive with a brand new breath, not only the fact that we are your sons and daughters, but by the fact that we are the very joy in your eyes, that you are joyful over us and you are willing to orchestrate everything that happens in this world and in this universe so that today we may sense and experience and know just how great and deep and wide your love for us really is. And Father, we choose to enjoy that. No matter what the life brings, no matter how that my memories were, no matter how my body might be getting old and dying, it doesn't matter because every single day we are heading closer, closer to you. And the beauty that we will share in your presence is far better, far more beautiful and far beyond imagination than we could ever, ever scope in our imagination. Oh God, we love you. And Father, this morning we worship you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Father, we open our hearts and Father, we listen. We listen and we ask that you will speak. Just as you spoke to Samuel, Father, we are here with our hearts wide open seeking your word. We are 
with our two hands open wide, ready to receive your revelation. We are ready to receive your truth. And we are ready to put it, engrave it, and carve it into our heart. So that, Father, we may be shaped, not according to this world, but according to the truth that is revealed in the word of our God, in the word of our Lord Jesus Christ. So today, this morning, let our worship to you be victorious. And Father, let your word shape every thought and patterns of our life. And let us transform the world, not by our strength, but by the very truth that is proclaimed into our life today. We are yours. We are made in your image and we are yours. Be our God. And let us be your people. We love you because you have first loved us. Bless us now with your everlasting truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let us turn our scripture to Hebrew chapter 11. And as we turn to Hebrew chapter 11, I'd just like to share something that is going in our world today. The world, through movies and music and through advertisement, says our hope is somehow found in us. It keeps on trying to tell us that this world is dying, this world is evolving but decaying, that this world is going to a terminal end, that this universe will end, that's what the naturalists believe. But the recent movie, Noah, has concluded that God was wanting to eradicate all of us and he never speaks to us directly. But the only reason that Noah spared his son, his grandson, granddaughter, was because he somehow saw goodness in the child. That is the lie. That is the kind of mystified Hollywood justified lies that is penetrating into the thoughts of human beings. That somehow it is because of something in me that is so beautiful and wonderful that God should and is willing to save us. It is this mentality that we are the ones who are making out this future. And let me tell you, this kind of lie is penetrating. And do you know what that lie ultimately does? It disconnects us from God who not only speaks, but reveals himself daily to his people. Just as you reveal yourself to your child every morning. Just as you find your little baby and embrace that baby every morning. Just as you every meal time prepare a lush, aromatic, gourmet meal. And just fill that air conditioner pumping in front of the kitchen. And just fill the house with baking and cooking and casserole. Oh, mommy, I miss you. And you do that, why? Because you want your child to sense and be embraced by the love that you have for them. It is the very expression of your love. And why are you able to do that? Because that's the very visage image of our Lord God who created the heavens and the earth and said, let us make man in our image. Oh, sorry. Like this. (laughs) Handsome. Perfect. (laughs) Delightful. 
That's how we were made. And we are able to love because He first loved us. We are able to persevere for our child because He perseveres. We are able to sit down with our radical child and say, Hey, rascal, let me get some sense into you. The reason we can do that, be sometimes angry, sometimes loving, sometimes blow out of the mind, sometimes highly satisfied just to see them wake up in the morning. Why are you able to do that? Because that's God. He never wanted to leave us alone. He never wanted us to be separated from us. He is in us and we are in Him. When we are one, He is satisfied and we too most glorify Him when we truly, truly, truly become one with Him. And it is this separation that hurts God. But humans think that no, there is no God. Well, let me assure you this morning, and I don't know why I'm telling you all this. It's simply because there's someone here who needs to hear this. God loves you. More than any father could, no matter, no more than, more than any mother could. He is not only joyful over you, but he's also crying over you. His heart aches. And the destiny of the whole universe is moving in just of how you are today. He is even willing to change the reflection on the sun so that you might see just how much He loves you. If you have walked this to this church this morning without sensing the loving love of God, may God open your eyes and help you to see that there is not a single breeze that was not designed for you. There was not a single sunlight that is not beaming because of you. 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 That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. The ultimate expression of our God's love was the fact that He Himself, the Word that created, let there be, came to us. So that we who keep on thinking that because we cannot see, we can no longer believe. Do you know what he did? God, who simply can say, let there be, came into this fragile, weak, created being's form and forever decided to take the form of human man. Why? So that he may dwell among us. So that just as you, as a couple, go into the mission field, he wants to hold your hand and run to the mission field. Just as our Mrs. Robinson is right now thinking of Mr. Robinson. I like, hello, sorry, I'm not going to sing. <laughs> Why? Because even though her body is here, his heart is longing for the one she loves. And they are all together one. And that's the very unity that Christ wants with you. But how? If I don't have that unity, how? What does it mean? And Galatians 2.20 is the very conclusion that Paul makes. It is no longer I who live, but Christ in me. And the life which I now live, I live. Listen to this. By faith. By faith. And today, 
for some reason, God suddenly said, Isaac, I want you to go and speak about by faith. I'm sure they know what it means by by faith, God. And I don't know why I'll be sharing this, but today I'll gladly share with you what by means for Hebrew chapter 11. And like last time, maybe I'm going to go with you. You will need the Bible today on your hands with me because you're going to walk with me. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Let's begin. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And before I further explain, let me give you my thesis, my argument, my belief. This is it. Faith replaced it with Jesus Christ. Now Jesus is the substance. It's the very element. It is the very real thing. Of what? Of things hoped for. People who don't know Christ want to say, we hope for a better car, better, and we try to get this human tendency into this world. No, 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 no. The Bible is saying, Jesus is the very substance of everything that we hope for, everything that the Bible hopes for from Genesis when God speaks to Adam and Eve and says, I will give you a seed. There from that hope right down to Noah that I will start again, right down to Abraham through the seed that hope for the very substance is Jesus Christ. Our hope is not a better future in this world. Our hope is not a better me. It's not, it's not a Superman me. It's not a Batman me. It's not an Avenger me. No. The hope we have in Jesus Christ is Jesus himself. Jesus is the very substance of everything that we hope for. And the next line goes, the evidence of things unseen. Who believes something that is seen? You don't need to believe. You already see it, Paul says. But everything that is unseen, all the hope this world could ever provide, far more exceeding Jesus Christ provides the hope to this universe because he is the very substance of everything that we seek for. And the author of Hebrews says, we have countless Countless witnesses of these, those who live by faith, by Jesus Christ. By Jesus Christ. And this is what it means. By faith, God created the heavens on the earth. And how can I say that? It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You go to John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, there was the word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And in verse 4, way down the verse it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God, Emmanuel, the Word that, that said, Let there be, when God said, Let us, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Let us create man in our visage. That was Jesus Christ. The whole universe was created by faith, Jesus Christ. The very focus of our faith, the very substance of our faith. And when you go down, we, and I want you to read it together. Let's go to verse 4. And under this truth in verse 4, it says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous God, testifying of his gifts, and through it being there still speaks. Now, 
Bible lesson. Let me, who is the first two sons mentioned in the Bible of Adam? Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. They both offered a sacrifice. But God accepts one, but God does not accept the other. God accepts the sacrifice by killing and slaying, slicing, spilling, burning of a lamb, one-year-old lamb, pure lamb, spotless lamb on the altar so that it may be a sweet aroma to God. But Cain, who offered sacrifice to God by sliding through his field and cutting the very fruits of his labor on the land and burned that upon the altar. Now let me ask you, what's the problem? Why does God not receive that sacrifice of Cain? Was he judged as a bad guy? No. He later comes to him and says, If you gave the right sacrifice, would I not accept it? What is the right sacrifice? From Genesis to Revelation, the right sacrifice is the sacrifice that God himself appointed. How did God clothe Adam and Eve? They were trying to cover themselves with leaves. But do you know what he did? After giving the promise that a seed will be sent to you to save you, then when they believed by faith in the promise, he slew an animal and he got the coat and covered them. His way of sacrifice from Genesis right down to Revelation is the pure Lamb of God. But the very sacrifice that Leviticus tells us to do, Deuteronomy tells us to do, and Exodus tells Israelites to do, is when man gives sacrifice. And the author of the Hebrew says, whatever you try, whatever you do, no matter how many sacrifices you give, if you do not give the eternal sacrifice through Jesus Christ, there is no remission of sin. Why? Because we are not eternal. We are finite. Our sacrifice we give might be a temporary, I'm sorry. And our religious action that we might do, doing something correctly, might be a temporary correction. But it does not solve the problem that is deep in us, that we are sinful from the very birth. That we do not want to do the will of God. We do not desire the will of God. We are so rebellious. Who have rebellious children? Don't put your hand up. Okay. (laughs) There is rebellion in our hearts. And come on. Be honest. Isn't there rebellion in your heart? There's rebellion in my heart. I don't naturally want to see God. That's not natural, physical me. But there is one sacrifice, one sacrifice that solves it all. And that's why God said, the very sacrifice I want is the sacrifice of the heart gone through by faith, through Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. The one who was 
not only come down to us in a most purest form, but He, without sin, having no sin, became sin for us, sin for you, sin for me, so that we might be saved by faith. The reason I shout out and claim out, oh, this is because God told me to. Yes, buddy, yes. But let me ask you, is there any of you today that your faith in God is set on anything else? My family tradition. The 20 years I was in the church, not only did I read the Bible every day, I pray 30 minutes every day, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes after, before the meal. I am a good, righteous Christian. Or simply, I feel good. I feel good to be in the church, so I must be saved. No! Have you given the sacrifice this morning through Jesus Christ? Are you putting all your bets on Jesus Christ? Are you completely surrendered to Jesus Christ? Have you offered the right sacrifice to God through Jesus Christ. This morning, if you are not going to God through Jesus Christ, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. If you are not going through Jesus Christ, let me tell you, brothers and sisters, there is no way to go to God. You will not meet God today. God will not rain on you today. God cannot speak to you today. Only not because He doesn't want to, but because you are not approaching Him in the right way. He is righteous. He is righteous. Let's go to verse 5. Verse 5 tells us, By faith... And it was taken away so that he did not see death. And was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. How the Enoch pleased God. Every single day, he walked with God. By faith. Enoch was not just an old man. Enoch was a prophet. Enoch saw what's to come. Enoch saw that God will send the Savior. Enoch saw that there will be a judgment day. When there will flood. When everything will be washed away. And after God showed it to Enoch. God walked with him day by day. Why? So that he may be a testimony of Jesus Christ. The Messiah to come. He speaks, he speaks. Enoch three walks with God over 300 years, giving birth, 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 and teaching them, hey, Jesus is coming. Hey, my son, Jesus, my grandson, Jesus is coming. My grand, 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 grand. Jesus is coming. Messiah is coming. Messiah is coming. Messiah is coming. Let me ask you a question. Are you telling that to your children? Are you a prophet who tells your children, Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus is coming back. Children, have you heard that from your parents? If you haven't, repent! (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You see... God was always close to us. He never, never left us. And Genesis even clearly says, 
after Enoch walked, his son was one of the sons that lived the longest. Then he gave birth and birth and birth and birth until Noah. He was still alive when Noah was alive. He told him, 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 told him. And even when Jesus came to Noah and said, Noah, there is a judgment coming. I want you to prepare an ark. Who is the Savior? Who is the ark? It is Jesus Christ. The judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. And when Noah, in the top of nowhere, was building a gigantic ark that can gather all the animals in the whole universe, pair by pair, just imagine how awesome that structure is and how stupid they might have looked to normal people. Think about it. Everyone's going to go, oh, what's wrong with him? Mate, what's wrong with you? You know, I mean, that's what I was just sorry. <laughs> okay, that's my accent coming. I mean, what's wrong with you? And they will every day see what he is doing. Do you know what that is? That is the very testimony. The judgment is coming. But what did the people do today? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> crazy, <laughs> crazy. That's our generation now. <laughs> I'm gonna do what I want. Just do it. <laughs> yeah, that's our generation. Oh, that's true for you now, but that's not true for me. So I'm gonna do whatever I want. That's my generation, isn't it? It's our generation speaking today. Oh, there's no absolute truth. <laughs> Everything is relative. Uh, you, can, you know, you can be this, you can be that. You want this? Oh, that's true for you. I want this, or that's true for me. If I hit you in the head, will it hurt? <laughs> that's absolute truth. And you wouldn't you punch me back? That's nearly absolutely true. There are absolute truths. And yet, our generation looks at the very sign, just like Noah's sign, and still says, <laughs> I'm free to do whatever I want. Oh, what a rebellious, treacherous heart we all have. If it wasn't the very hope, the essence of hope in Jesus Christ, if it wasn't the very salvation plan that Jesus revealed to his people, then we will truly be hopeless. Oh, 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 oh. I don't want to imagine. Not at all. And, and I want you to now turn to Romans chapter 8. Would you like to? And verse 1 and 2. By the way, as you're listening to my sermon... Uh, if, if you're bored, yawn, and if you, if you think I'm taking too long, fidget, and, and I'll get the signal, and I'll try to cut it short, okay? Alright. Now, verse 1, verse 2, read with me. This is very important. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law, Remember, wherever there's law, there's reign and realm. Okay? When there is law, there is a reigning of the law. And there is a realm where the law is applied. Okay? So, with that being said, 
law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from what? From the law of sin and death. And this is what it means. And it aligns with what happened to Enoch. Do you know what happened to Enoch? God translated him away. He took him away from the sinful world, from the law of the flesh. And he decided to translate him, move him away, and put him into a new law. The law of heaven where God reigns. And those who believe in Jesus Christ, <clears throat> Paul says, you are translated, moved away from the law of my lust and my anger and my idolatry and my greed and my ego and all that law that clamps me down every day and makes me click on the wrong side, buy the wrong things and lust after the wrong person. All that clinging, God removes it out and place is in a new law, the law of Jesus Christ where my heart delights in your very law, oh God, David says. Is your heart... Ah, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> Are you happy because of the law reigning in your heart? Are you joyful when you go to Mission Field? Take that joy with you. Do you know why? Hopeless people need joy. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what they need. But that is only found when we are transitioning. Amen. Amen. Not I, but Christ. That's what he has done. That's what he has done. Let me read a little further. Since you got Romans 8 open, go to verse 9. Go to verse 9. Read with me. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Translate it. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. You are his because the Spirit of God is in you. Go down to verse 11. But if the Spirit of whom who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Not only is my Spirit in a new law, hallelujah, my body like a twinkling of an eye, when my God returns, I will rise from the dead, my ashes will get up like a do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh, I am man. No, Christ man. And I'll be empowered the new strength. Whoa. Okay. You're not, you're not that generation, are you? I will be empowered, clothed, transformed from inside out. Beautiful song today. Inside out. Why? Because it is with the Holy Spirit now who renewed my spirit, also giving me a new body and new flesh so that I may dwell in the kingdom of God like heavenly beings, like in the form of Jesus Christ. Are you looking forward to that day? Are you looking forward to that day? I am. I hope you have that hope in your heart. Because this is what it means. It doesn't matter if I have a cancer. I'm going to be alive. I'm alive. I'm truly alive. It doesn't matter if I can't do this or I can't do that. It doesn't matter because when he returns, I will be all potent. 
I will be in the visage of a powerful God. And I will be strengthened, renewed to do everything that God intended for me to do. Hallelujah. I'm asking God, can I be about two inch taller and a little slim on the side and little this angle thing, you know, like a swimmer. I'm asking all kinds of things right now. We will be perfected. That's the hope we live. We are able to give away when we don't have enough. Because why? God is the provider. But not only that, this is just, this is like, in a whole eternity. That I'm going to live with Him. So what if I die? I'm not going to go hungry. I'm gaining weight. Give it away. Why? If I can give it away and buy eternal being with the very finite things, would I not invest? If my finite investment gives infinite return, will I not invest? Invest. Why do you obey the will of God? Because the law of God is joyful in my heart. There is hope in my heart. And whatever he says true, it's true, it's true. Not what you say, not what I say. It's true, true. Reigning truth. Because my eternal Savior said so. Amen. Oh, my voice is going. <clears throat> so whatever I got left. I'm going to shout out the message of God. And I want you to quietly listen to this one. You don't have to look at it, but listen. Hence, without Jesus Christ, it is impossible to please Him. Sound familiar? It said, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But really, what the Bible was actually saying, locked up like a vault, the secret, the key is Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He, Jesus Christ, is, that He reigns, that He lives, that He is our Savior, and that He is the rewarder. What is the reward? Brand new Mercedes? What is a reward? 3,000 square feet house? What is a reward? $100,000 paying job? No, He is our great reward. Jesus Himself is the great reward. So let me tell you, if you're sitting here because you think you can get something out of Jesus, let me just refocus your attention. He is the giver. Might as well have the giver, not what He gives. Because He wants to give you Everything he does. Wow. Of those who diligently seek him. Are you seeking Jesus Christ? This morning, this evening, in the middle of the night, in the car. Are you seeking Jesus Christ? When your heart is aching, when your heart is yearning. Are you laying it before Christ and saying, Jesus, Jesus, I need you today. Jesus, Jesus, only through you will I receive the power. God, when I'm lonely and when I'm broken and I'm shattered, Jesus, Jesus, this black hole of mine, this loneliness of mine, nobody calls, nobody cares, and nobody... 
even knows my name. And yet, I know you know me better than I do myself. Jesus, Jesus, God who loved me from eternity, help me to draw to you. I run to you by faith, by Jesus Christ, by faith, by Jesus Christ. Then, the whole life begins to change. We were saved. But not only saved. You were given an inheritance. And I'm going to speak just a little bit about that. Because uh, when you're going to do something, you actually want to figure out what you're going to get, right? Yeah. Well, let's see what we're going to get, shall we? Uh, go to verse 8 in Hebrew, please. Hebrew chapter 11, verse 8. As long as my voice sustains, I'll just give everything that God has shown me. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, Abraham obeyed. And he was called to go out to the place which he he would receive the inheritance. What is the inheritance that Abraham received? Three things. I'll make your father of a great nation. I'll give you a land. But do you know what? Their father, you'll be the father of not just one nation, but who? All. You know what that means? That inheritance we know went down to Isaac, went down to Jacob, went down to Judah, went down to David, went down to Jesus Christ. The inheritance is the very kingdom inheritance of Jesus Christ. If Christ is in me, I am, I am living with Christ. And by His authority, I am the inheritor of everything that God has in store for me. You and I, I'll see you up there. <laughs> I'll see you soon. Not just like this. I will see you very soon. But there's one important thing. We are living in this world as a sojourner. We are living this world not as a resident. Uh, I know exactly how that feels. Do you know why? I'm a foreigner here to United States. And by the very grace that God has poured on my life, I'm sitting in a nation that loves God, that fears God. I, I hear a lot of people say, U.S. once loved God, once feared God. And to me, I don't know why you would discount your privilege so much. Because your constitution says, nation under God. But not only that, your founding fathers feared God. And everyone I meet, G'day y'all, loves God. And I see people who love God with all of their lives, with much greater passion and compassion 
and sacrifice than I see around the world. And I guess you haven't seen outside the world enough to know just how privileged you are. You're one nation under God. That message can only fade away when the very people under God stops proclaiming it. Proclaim it. It is your nation, one nation under God. And I am only a foreigner. I am a sojourner. So every day I get ready to leave. I don't think that I'll be here all the time. I get, I get, I look on to the day when my visa will expire and I will leave. I look forward to the day when God will say, Isaac, your training is done. Your experience is done. Come on, buddy. I'm going to take you to the next round. Let's go. And when I get on that plane, I'll be going to a new place with God, wherever God wants to take me. Let me ask you, are you living that kind of life? Or is your day filled with this earth? Are you filled with paying debts? Are you filled with just trying to get something more? Are you filled with so much of getting, climbing up the ladder? Are you filled with getting that better deal? So much so that this over consumes you. And you lose the very reason that you are even seeking all that. Businessmen, I know there are CEOs here. Are you doing business so that one more person may know and experience the joy of Christ? Or is your mission set on the numbers? I know you, some of you go work in the government sectors. Are you serving so that very essence and the love letter of Christ will permeate through your city so that those who are without will be cared for? Those who are not cherished and loved will be cherished for? Are you protecting the weak? Are you making sure that the kingdom of God reigns on wherever you work? Are you working as a sojourner looking forward to the day when you will leave? Are you ready to leave? Are you? If God takes you today, are you ready to go? Look again at your response. I need to end the message. But this is the message that God wanted me to leave with you. So go to please, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2. And we will conclude with this message. The writer of Hebrew actually leaves a very important statement right at the beginning. It says, can you all read it together with me? One, two, go. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Verse 1, chapter 8, verse 8, sorry, I found it. Let's go, together. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witness to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And this is what I'd like you to remember. Our dear brother mentioned Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 20. Go ye therefore and may disciples of all nations when you go out into the mission field when you go out to the mission field of your life when you go out to the mission field of your family what are you called to be 
good disciple, but what are you really called to do? Be a living testimony, to be a living witness. When the Holy Spirit empowers you, the very reason He empowers you is so that you can obey and become the living testimony of Jesus Christ in you. Do you know why God should give you greater faith? So that you may live in the power of Jesus Christ. So that in your obedience, you will bear the fruit of testimony, showing people that Jesus is not just in the Bible, that Jesus is not just in the imagination, Jesus is not in the just A, D, and B, C. No, Jesus Christ is living here today. Look at me. Can I open my heart and show you to you? Jesus in me. Me, me. Witness. But how do you have that witness? Again, Hebrew says, for by it, who? The faith, Jesus Christ. For by faith, the oldest, elders obtained a good testimony. The only real way that we will become a living testimony, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, is to walk with Christ. Are you every single day living as a living testimony of Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. I'm done, actually. So, I know... I know I'm a little impromptu here, but let me tell you a little story. For the last five months, my wife and I have been apart. Uh, no, no, not divorced. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, physically, because my wife got sick. So after I met you last time, Thanksgiving time, uh, early December, my wife had a very serious immunity problem. So... Her body just got two weeks after giving birth to our third child, and her body wasn't recovering fast enough. So it was giving all kinds of immunity problem. We tried to find a solution with the doctors, and they said they couldn't spot it, what it is. So at the last resort, we'll send her back to Korea and let the Korean doctors examine her using the very Asian oriental medicine. And thankfully, as soon as she went... Actually, actually, before she went, God led us to a great Christian doctor who was trained in China for over 14 years. Uh, suddenly, just God called him to the United States. And he was just there for unknown reason. Unknown reason. <laughs> unknown. Okay, I know. And as soon as she, he saw my wife, this is what happened. <gasps> Where were you? Why did you come now? Your body is absolutely at the bare minimal survival mode. And I was shocked. And he came up and said, reading at your hands, you are going through this, this, this. My wife's like, she hasn't told him anything. Yeah. In the nighttime, you're experiencing this, that, that. Yeah. And this time, at the moment, you are feeling this, but this. Yeah. And I knew all the story because I'm the one who's taking care of her, right? And at one conversation, he even knew something that she didn't even tell me. And we were like, shocked. Oh, really? And he treated the medicine very next day. And she took it for one week. And the symptom died down. And now she's over 90% healed. And she's on the full road to recovery. 
And she's coming back tomorrow. <laughs> Now, I must ask God forgiveness for sharing this story, but I share this is because this. When I, when she was sick and the doctor said, we have no solution, I went on my knees and said, God, Yahuwah Lafa, you're the healer. He might treat or something, but you're the one who heals. Can you show your mercy hands upon our lives? We don't know what to do. There's no guarantee if she goes to Korea that she will find the right doctor. But do you know what? Very few days later, a pastor came to me and said, hey, Is your wife okay? I said, no. I have a doctor I want to introduce you. Gave me the number. I, I drove straight up and said, and met the doctor. And the doctor said, I don't know why I'm here. I know why you're here. And as I was having a conversation with him, I realized this man fears God. And he had to actually forsake a million dollar giving job in China so that he can just obey And I said, where are you going? I said, I don't know. I'm going somewhere. Well, let me not lose you. Give me your contact. <laughs> And he, his junior colleagues were all around the world. He was a, one of the senior doctors. And when I was coming back down, I said, God, what, had, what just happened here? And God said, son, do you really think I care less about Claire than you do. And I was just blown away. I was blown away. Because when I looked at my little boy, I realized God cares more. When I looked at my wife, beautiful eyes, God cares more. When I look at myself, I know God cares more. We are here Only as a sojourner. And every day as a pilgrim, we are walking that very path in faith in Jesus Christ. And every day we are here, God is writing a new story. Stories that we will tell to our saints for eternity. Moments of pleasure, sadness, and tears, and joy, and laughter all combine into one person, Jesus Christ. And we will lift our hearts and hands to our God all eternity and be satisfied Him, and be satisfied with Him by Him and be with Him all day long. I love that.